0: John Barkley comes up to receive the trophy. This, for the Scarlet's fans, is simply great to watch. They were outplayed in the first half by a teacher's side that picked and went The 1872 cut back in Edinburgh hands, they beat beaten Glasgow The first team in 17 attempts to come to Dublin and get a win, how good is that for
1: you? Oh, it's great All I'm getting at the moment, a players shouting, knock on, offside, tackle out the ball We're in the wrong sport for that The Zeebo Special gets it wide to Earls
0: And Earls from here means only one thing the best stadium I've ever played in, the best atmosphere, the, the best supporters. Hopefully one day I'll be back. I should, of course, apologize to
1: any Munster fans listening. Uh, they'll have something to say about where the Leinster are going to be in the final if the Scarlets come again.
0: Oh, brilliant in Friday with a stroll in under the sticks. Oh, look, it's it's been a roller coaster um, here all my life. 47-10, Jesus. I thought I was in dreamland when we won the Pro 12. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Hey guys, uh, welcome to Outside Sand Series with Dan and Niall. Uh, We're coming to you, I suppose, in between the Pro 14 final, fair play to them, they got it done, at the start of the quarterfinals. Uh, You (laughs) enjoyed watching it, Dan, did you? Because I mightn't even give you a chance to answer that, because I have a rant to go on, but did you enjoy watching it?
1: I enjoyed watching both
0: halves of the the match, yeah. Um, No, I think it it was definitely... uh,
1: I mean, I don't think anyone going into that game was expecting anything other than a Leinster win, considering what had happened two weeks prior. So, um, no, Ulster showed decent
0: signs, but well, you've Dean Henderson. But- was, well, to be fair, though, the semi final gave uh, Ulster great hope. But before I lose the chance to complain, I just want to complain. Okay. So, med mates who were watching the Leeds Liverpool game, so in this pullman in Camden Street, right in front, they had great seats right in front of the big screen. I had phoned ahead to say, to the guys and working there, to the actual pub, to say, uh, will you be shown the Pro 14 final? And they're like, yeah. So I arrived towards the end of the second half of the Leeds-Liverpool game. And apparently, this is in Devils, apparently they were being very sound. But then, after the first half, they came up and said, oh, you've been there too long. You need to move on. So they booted us out. So by the time I managed to find somewhere shown us, I'd missed the Henshaw Intercept try in the... Uh, two penalties. So, you know, not, they, I know I know people would say some people die because of COVID. That's terrible. That's some right. people's lives are turned upside down because of COVID. We haven't had sport because of COVID. But, you know, there's there's other people suffering in other ways. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I think that that's
1: the whole thing that people are starting to take. Well, in an Ireland more so, I think people are starting to take the uh, the legislation a bit more seriously. But um, th- yeah, well, that's the politics
0: of COVID is infecting rugby. I mean, obviously, that's kind of me just mm. being uh, a little petty, but, I mean, we were talking there earlier today about this situation between New Zealand and Australia are trying yeah. to raise their clashes, and they're getting politi- political about it. Now, an agreement was made today they're going to meet on the 11th and the 18th, but there was this fight about whether or not they'd meet the 10th or the 17th, and what was informing that was the hope, well, it's because Australian players, when they go to New Zealand, have to self-isolate for two... Well, they have yeah. to isolate a bit for, like, self-isolate for four days and they can train little groups for a few days. And then it's only a week it's before the game.
1: Turn. Yeah, stage yeah. to actually having a full-strength squad training. But the, the, whole, the whole debate was whether or not uh, on the 10th or the 17th of October was if it was on the 10th of October, then the uh, Australian players would have had to head over because the first two games of the Bledisloe Cup are going to be played in New Zealand. And because of the uh, regulations around quarantining, the Australian players would have had to leave the day after the Super Rugby AU... Uh, tournament, uh, final would have been on. So I think that was the, the Reds versus the Rebels. So that, that was kind of the controversy that was going on there. Uh, but then if it had been a week later that they were starting, then all of a sudden the Rugby Championship would have been pushed back a bit further. So then all of a sudden you had the likes of Boyden Barrett and Richie Moanga saying, oh, well, if we're going to have, to, if we're going to have to quarantine when we come back, that means they'll actually miss Christmas. So there's all sorts of kind of, mm. and intra-politics going on there. So, um, that's, that's why Australia were really
0: pushing for it. Well, yeah, and I suppose we don't really know the full details of how European rugby managed to get these quarterfinals to go ahead, where people are going to be travelling from country to country. How did Ulster even get over to Scotland? What was the, the regulation? Yeah, so they're getting exemption. Uh, and yeah. when this new Six Nations, well, it says when the Six Nations is run and then the new Six Nations, this Nations Cup thing is run directly after, there will yeah. be issues there as well. We don't know where we'll be. People are talking about Dublin maybe going to lockdown again. So that's all very much up in the air. So I suppose you know you think congratulations to the Bro 14 for actually getting it done. Yeah, uh, the Premiership in England. a pretty reasonable way.
1: There, yeah, exactly, in a, in a pretty reasonable way. Even to the point where, um, it, when you look over at the in the Premiership, the Premiership final is going to be played after the Heineken Cup final. So like when you think the, like the Leinster players are probably going to be playing the most amount of rugby uh, by any Irish rugby players this year, and then to go even further the English like oh no we'll, we'll do one better than that we'll, we'll both continue playing the full rest of the season <laughs> add in the European Championship if Saris get there or if Exeter or Northampton get there and then all of a sudden you're still going to have to keep playing the Premiership They're, I mean I just don't see how England um, Well it's only of
0: it's only of concern uh, to Exeter really isn't it because even Saracens if they get through the quarterfinals uh, are out of the Premiership anyway so they don't yeah, really care true. when that final is so it's Exeter trying to juggle the ball it's Exeter trying to do Leinster in uh, in England. I've actually got the highlights of the final on in the background. I mean, people talk about cramming. <laughs> 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 I'm catching up right now. But I am uh, sure. I am uh, curious. though. So the semi-final uh, Ulster versus Edinburgh. Mm. Uh, so you had this weird... I, I'm seeing him now, uh, Albie Matheson, this, uh, ex, yes. this Kiwi guy. So Kiwi guy, ex-Munster as well. Yes, yes. But for the first half of that semi-final Ulster versus Edinburgh, uh, and Edinburgh obviously ran ahead. But first off, John Cooney was just basically doing these short passes off the back of uh, the scrum uh, and the breakdown, and just these short passes, and then the forwards were just running in. And this went on for half an hour. They weren't getting anywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So then at time, they take Cooney off, and Madison goes on, yeah. and then suddenly uh, Cooney isn't being picked. Because yeah. Madison brings this spark, but surely Cooley was only doing what he was told. It's kind of one of those. But this
1: is the thing. This is the very fact, and it's kind of pervaded into a few aspects of Irish rugby. It's it's the hangover from the Joe Schmidt era, where unless you're an absolute superstar, you just do your job, and that's what, that's all you need to do. So that's why our inside centres have always been kind of crash running with with him and uh, with Joe Schmidt under um, as the coach. So you y you're you're getting a lot of players just fulfilling their role very well. And even when uh when Ireland beat the All Blacks, you had um you had oh Marmion uh coming in and he was just doing his best Conor Murray impression. So it was a very set role. So that's where I think John Cuny may have suffered a little bit from uh the pseudology of with Joe Schmidt.
0: Well well I suppose your John Cuny's and your Luke McGrath weren't picked uh, against the All Blacks because they couldn't do as good a Conor Murray impression and Schmidt wanted Conor Murray to play. Uh, I suppose, kind of also what I'm getting at there, though, I get what you're saying, though, but you would, like, if you get to the point where you're losing in the semi-final, and you say you're making a few changes, and mm. the thing about Abi Manson is that he's not going to, he might have a bit of a spark and won't be as structured, you're kind of just rolling the dice at that point. And it worked out. Yep. And it only barely worked out. But the whole Cooney kind of response seems a little sloppy. And obviously, sorry, yeah,
1: it was it's the fact that they were finishing out the season now what's going to be interesting is to see how they go to Toulouse um in the Huntington Cup now this coming weekend to see are they going to revert back to CUNY or do they think that uh, Matheson has laid enough of a claim to that starting position that they saw what they they saw what they got in the final against Leinster and is that what they want
0: well, yeah, and I suppose they were much—they were closer in the first half against Leinster in the final mm-hmm. than they were in the second half. Uh, on Toulouse, uh, just trying to cap—you I mean it's difficult to tell form now. I mean, they've just yeah. started their new season over there in the top fourteen. They almost beat Clermont away, so Clermont at home—they almost beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, came down to a try at the end or something, but uh, you don't know what that means. Now that sounds very bad for Ulster. Like if that's if Clermont are on form, Toulouse are going. Declaring at home and almost beating them—that's very, very bad news for any rugby team facing Toulouse.
1: I think this is an interesting thing. If, if you had, if you'd asked me before lockdown, and obviously assuming that no COVID was going to be happening, uh, that what, what are Ulster's chances going to Toulouse uh, in a Pine Cup quarter final? I now, given that Toulouse have had a very good season so far, but I would have said that Ulster probably had a fighting chance. You, had John Cooney coming, uh, coming in on form. You had Billy Burns really trying to, uh, starting to. Bet himself in there at half for for Ulster, uh, and you had Stuart McCluskey and the likes of uh, Gerg Gilroy and Sockdale kind of coming into form, and then all of a sudden, th- the I don't think they've gotten fully back up to speed. They're not. They're not. Well, uh, they have. You know, they've also, always had. Yeah. Well,
0: last sorry, last twelve months, they've had a lot of admirers, but very like yeah. no trophies. Like, yeah, they, they, they pushed they, they pushed
1: Leinster very very close last um, in the last quarterfinals last year.
0: True, true. And do you think if you're, uh, I suppose. If you're Cooney or Madigan, maybe you weren't. Uh, your 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 story has gone in a different direction. But like, mm. if you're Geordie Murphy, you're there being commiserated with by Leinster players, yeah. and it was even before form moved you. Like, didn't he? I mean, you were considered kind of too good to be with Leinster. Now, there's arguments over what Geordie Murphy's form is right now. It can it can fluctuate. Mm. But the idea but it, was, it, it
1: was it was. I remember when he when he had Jordy was leaving Leinster. It was it was seen that the back row for Leinster it was just there's too many people there. You've the got likes of Jack Conan, Joshua De Fleur, Dan Levy, you had still in the mix at the time. Um, so there's a lot of players there and a lot of international quality players. And then it was just towards the end that all of a sudden it was that Six Nations that all of a sudden Jamie Heaslip is retiring. You have Shaun O'Brien, well, Dan Levy, Levy be, getting
0: so injured. I mean, I don't. They injured. probably Leinster would have kicked up a stink had they known that was going to happen, which they didn't. Yes, yeah,
1: but, but, but there there was. It, it,
0: yeah, it was kind of, there's a lot of players in flux at the time. Now,
1: that being said, when you had the likes of Will Connors, Max uh, Max Deegan, um, Scott Penny all coming through for Leinster, you, you do all of a sudden get, okay, maybe he was seeing a bit further ahead down the line and realising that the pressure was probably going to be a bit more substantial, not just in that season. Um, True, he's
0: actually paying but, attention to the kids in the academy, like he knows what's exactly. happening. Yeah, Exactly.
1: I, th- I think one thing that uh, that was interesting as well, in terms of the starting line for Ulster on Saturday all their Leinster players were on the bench. All their ex-Leinster players were on the bench. So Cuny was on the bench, Madigan was on the bench, and both of them were a bit more expected um, for coming on from the Edinburgh game. But the likes of uh, Marty Moore, Jack McGrath, and Jordy Murphy being on the bench um, mm. was quite a surprising call.
0: Well, Murphy had a... Do uh, so you not know, have a concussion protocol as well? So that me... right. Yeah, but I mean that's, I mean if you're, if you're starting, him, it means if he's on the bench, it means he's, he can play. You don't. Yeah. As long well, you don't get a medical cert saying, "Oh, he can only play for twenty minutes because he's <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Cause he's had concussion." To, oh no,
1: it's just like it comes back to the hundred and five minute rule, you know.
0: And, uh now, Leinster. Okay, dispatched uh, Ulster's ten five now, and I'm looking at it. It was soon. I was kicked out of the pub. Okay. Um, but obviously the big challenge now is the big marquee uh, event. And I know non-Leinster fans will probably d- dislike that phrase. But it's true. Everybody wants to see this game. It's Leinster versus Saracens. And it's not yeah. just that they're so say two best time. teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not just the two best teams in their league. It's the uh, story. It's the emotional element of Saracens, who have now been relegated. Uh, and this is it. Like This is the only thing they can win. And you've yeah. got to think that if you beat Leinster in the quarterfinal away, I mean, the away means less in these COVID times. If you beat them away, well, then, you know, your odds on favour probably now to win the tournament. So they yes. are so fixated on this. I hear Owen Farrell is playing the Johnny Sexton role in training. Yes, after he
1: decided to do a WWE move to Wasps there.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, like, when you read English media about that, what they would say is something along the lines of, well, Owen Farrell is such a precision player. He decides he's going to go for the tackle at the yes. highest possible point he can get away from, yeah. and then you know if somebody so his 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 brain is involved in such precision that if the other guy moves slightly, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. accidentally nearly ended his own career and the other guy's possibly.
1: Yeah, and that's that, that the thing. So the the, the wasp at half at the time he was actually a, had been a wasp academy player and had just come up, so he would have been a player that would have looked up to Farrell for uh, for the last few years. So. I mean, <laughs> just yeah, trying to imagine your, your, uh, your hero coming in and doing that to you is, is a bit tough.
0: But you know, if they said that to a 10, you know, it's like, oh, it's like, it's like you're able to get it through the post every time, unless there's a wind or something. It's just, yeah, <laughs> you're such a great player. No, yeah. like, if you're aiming the tackles and you're missing the tackles.
1: His sympathizers are saying it because of his league background. It's like, yeah, but it's the same reason why Sonny Bill gets sent off in Lions tour. Match because like oh it's his league background it's like yeah but that's a different sport like it, you can't just you can't give him too much credit for a, for a yeah. different sport that he played so well,
0: yeah yeah it's kind of like the whole point of where rugby came from is they were playing football so we picked up the ball and ran with it and that, that became yeah. a different sport people didn't yeah. say, well that's <laughs> an interesting way of doing it <laughs> yeah, yeah and now uh, the Farrell. Uh, so we've got Toulouse versus Ulster, we've got Leinster versus Saracens. Uh, in so, preparation, for, yep. So looking at what that Leinster match does have to to offer, I think
1: it it is going to be as much as we we do like our, the backs on, on both teams. And you have the likes of Alex Good. You have um, I think well, Liam Williams is back with the Scarlets now over in Wales. So the kind of the dominance that they exhibited in the air last year, uh, especially considering the fact that. Um, that Farrell is out, that may be a bit more subdued. And also you have the likes of uh, Jordan Armour a bit more secure in the air now. That's really been been something that he's been putting himself forward for in the last few games for n So I think it will be more of a forwards-dominated game because of kind of the structure of us just being back into the new season, the way we've seen um, teams playing so far. And then also, uh, just because the back lines.
0: uh, Has anyone ever, sorry, The Robbie Henshaw intercept try is going to come up. Uh, soon, yeah. he's not a man you would credit as usually getting the intercept try. Maybe, as you say, maybe he's just from the Joe Schmidt era and he's just only focusing on what he's supposed to do, and that chance would pass him by almost. Yeah. But has anyone ever thought to put him a fullback since Joe Schmidt? You were just talking about fullbacks no. there. You no, know, and
1: very few, uh, very few <laughs> in the professional era have. Uh, despite John Muldoon's comments previously of uh, why would you have a Ferrari pulling a track uh, pulling a trailer. Which is the description of uh, Robbie Henshaw playing outside centre. Um when you can just be playing fullback. But I mean it, it's he's we've seen we've we've as Irish fans we've seen and tried to forget uh how he played a full back against England. Well last I year. wonder
0: I wonder with I mean people Larmour does have his critics, and they're getting quieter and quieter, but there's less and less rugby has been played recently. So it's difficult to know if people are still critical of Larmour. And with Carberry kind of out I don't know. Yeah. It might it might be an option that rears its head again. But sorry, I, know, I,
1: I, there there is developing options. I think Stockdale's has made a, a strong claim uh, to play at uh, fullback mm. in the last few games, and then you have the like, likes of Conway um, really taking claim in uh, in Munster as well. He's obviously been focusing more on the wing, but I think that there is an option there for him. Um, and despite the news that uh, a, a fellow podcaster has released uh, today, despite the fact that Zebo looks like he's going to be leaving Racing, I don't think we want him back.
0: Uh, the way you mean there is Ireland, I guess, or Leinster fans, Leinster yes. and Ireland fans. Like, Munster fans would disagree. I mean, I don't want to get into a slanging match about Simon Siebel. Just yet, we'll save that for a bit, but we'll just finish yeah. the quarterfinals that are left this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Claremont are hosting Racing, so you don't know who's going to win that. I mean, no matter whose form, what form you're looking at, especially with Covid mm-hmm. times with no home advantage. So that'll be very close, and the spread is minus three. And then Exeter host Northampton. Now, Exeter are, are running away with the Premiership, though they split to. Yeah semi-finals they'll, they'll still be confident but it doesn't mean they the premiership in the bag but the spread there is minus 15 Exeter should win that so the close well, well, games will be well they'll all inter- be close apart from that
1: an interesting thing that's been happening in the premiership uh, and you've seen of some of the kind of peculiar results that have been thrown up even for instance uh, the past weekend you had Wasps beating Bristol by I think 40 something points to 15 uh, whereas you would generally assume that Bristol would be the, the first superior team at the moment so yeah you do have uh, a lot of teams either going with rather than spreading their skill levels across two teams because they're going to be playing two games a week. Uh, you have some teams going, okay, we're going to win this one, we're going to throw this one, we're going to win this one, we're going to throw this one. So, look, it'll be interesting to see kind of the teams that both of these come in with, considering their other uh, concerns that they, they have as well.
0: The uh, the other thing I wanted to sort of touch on there uh, is if people, I mean, one of the great things about rugby is your quarter final. Uh, rugby Weekends, but I mean, I wanted to, I mean, I opened with highlighting the danger there so people are aware that, you know, if you've got two quarterfinals on, yeah. you have to, I mean, you have to, you have to be willing to break the law and allow, this is in Dublin, in Ireland anyway, you have to yeah. be willing to break the law and let people, let you break the law, because just learn from my mistakes, people. <laughs> if you're sitting there for a game or you arrive like at the half, the end of one game, a bit of a break, yeah. the next game, someone's going to come over to you and say, yeah. Go ahead and come back into the club. Yeah, and you see, I can't complain about it. I complained about it to somebody, and they're like, "What? You're one of these people who wants to break the rules." Yeah, and it's like, "Well, is it? Am I really one of those people who wants to break the rules?" I just well, wanted to watch the rugby. Is all I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> do
1: you know what? I, I think we should. Uh, I think uh, Henry Spade's um, opinion on this is qu- it's quite the interesting one. So when he put out the tweet during the week.
0: Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, he. I think he was quoting someone else, maybe. But it was one of these balshi kind of. Well, you know, yeah. if push comes to shove, I'd rather not be trapped indoors. I'd rather take the risk. I'd rather go out, life, and enjoy the world while the sun shines. Yeah. To hell with COVID, and it's it's-
1: die, die, die. It's like. Well, he didn't say that, but it, it's very much the approach that he was taking. Obviously.
0: Yeah, yeah. All, there are all risks in life, and this is no worse than a, a flu risk, and people are losing their minds and everybody's. Person,
1: I, just, I just find, like, oh, NF, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I think the first thing I said to you about that, that was having Slade shares, and then all these other English players started sharing it as well and sort of yeah. retweeting or, or reposting it on Insta. You kind and of
1: I've, forget that not all English rugby players are in
0: London. <laughs> there, oh, there are some in the middle of the country. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, true, true. But I I did, I think, immediately say to you at the time that, you know, if an Irish player did that, that would be very serious. Oh, yeah. Like, the Irish reaction is being much more severe, I suppose, maybe, or less tolerant of people's scepticism. So, I mean, an Irish player who broke... But, I mean, that's probably more generally true of Irish players as well. They're kept in a very tight leash, so they're not allowed... with centralised contracts, what have you. Yeah. They're probably not allowed to do much compared to uh, their their English sort of compatriots. But and I suppose this, that would be seen as an attack... On how rugby is actually approaching uh, dealing with COVID, which means you're attacking brand rugby and therefore are in a lot of trouble. So, I mean, that's a roundabout way of kind of saying that the English are more like castles than Irish people, is it? Or that we all just <laughs> <laughs> operate within our own restrictions? And I think in it's own in more
1: words, it is, yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, speaking of English people, though, uh, I was reading some of the English coverage of this win. I'm watching uh, Leinster over Ulster. It was oh, much sure. celebrated in uh, English media because, of course, Stuart Lancaster. Uh, okay. So loads of articles about how amazing Stuart Lancaster is, and loads to be fair, Stuart Lancaster. He doesn't force this, you know. Mm. But and he every time opportunity gets, he says he'd love to stay in Leinster and doesn't see. A future for himself anywhere else. I, he, his point was that when you're in Leinster and you're doing a kind of a day-to-day job, which he really likes, which is kind of interacting with people all the time, mm. then why would you ever sacrifice that for 10 games a year? Where it's just all you're dealing with is pressure all the time rather than this kind of problem-solution, problem-solution way of dealing, managing exactly. a team that big. Yeah.
1: The, well, one thing that you, you consistently hear in conversations uh, from Stuart Lancaster is that what, where he really thrives is when he can be in that constant contact with his players. And we've really seen the kind of the infrastructure that was around the kind of the well-renowned Leinster Academy uh, already. The fact that he can be so integral in that, uh, I think that's something that is, is definitely, uh, yeah, he definitely wants to continue going uh, and building something uh, with that kind of infrastructure around him. So I know they're having conversations around kind of where else he, he might go and whether he'll be engaged with the, uh, the Lions tour as well. But, you have to kind of wonder if his ability is in developing players. How how useful will he be in that set uh, setup?
0: Well, yeah, I think maybe if he was uncomfortable in the spotlight, uncomfortable to ten games a year, maybe. Although maybe reading between the lines, he's kind of uncomfortable with people like Maro Tulji who think they're the biggest swinging dick in the world. Maybe yeah. the, the humility of the club game, or the I mean, people will laugh when you say the humility of Leinster, but they are pretty humble because he can be replaced so quickly. Exactly. Uh, exactly. so. I mean. Uh,
1: it, it, it's it's the way that you're you're seeing. Uh, I think it was Andrew Porter had said there was 50 players used uh, this past season with uh for Leinster in the Pro 14. The Pro 14 yeah. so when you're when you're seeing that much opportunity for development, I think that's where Sri Lancaster can really thrive.
0: It's not very environmentally friendly, though, is it? It's quite expensive for the Pro 14. That's 50 medals, 50 gold medals. I <laughs> need to produce. I'm sure yes, they're so pure they're, gold, all right. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Can we talk? Uh, can we talk a bit about this? Uh, new Six Nations. So what I mean by that, last yeah. week we were talking about how I was questioning the value of finishing the Six Nations, but we're going to finish the Six Nations. Yeah. Uh, and after that, well, we're going done. to have a new tournament, yes. which... is the Six Nations Cup? Yeah, it's going to be... It's either, depending on your perspective, it's the Six Nations life yeah. or it's the Six Nations squared. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, when you look at it, you see that Ireland are face Wales, England and Georgia. So we've played three games. Yeah. Uh, but then be, we look got Scotland. Um, they play Italy, f- France, and Fiji. So is that yeah. about... I mean, so what they've done is... I mean, they've tried to do the best of what they have. They have a few weekends to play with because people have to go back to yeah. club games. But that doesn't sound like a very fair stacking anyway, to start with. No.
1: No, absolutely not. And I think it's it's going to be interesting to see kind of how it plays out. The kind of idea of having two pools and everyone plays each other and then there's a weird sort of categorisation at the end. Um, I mean, it's, I don't really think it's going to be a clear winner coming out of this, so it, it does mm. seem like a competition for competition's sake. Yeah,
0: and uh, that kind of opens, the, sort of starts the question of, well, will people care?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, apparently people will care when it comes to the money rights for the TV. Um, so, mm. th- th- that's kind of, there's lots of debates going on about that at the moment. Obviously, whenever um, Six Nations is on, and kind of the Talk that it needs to be on terrestrial TV to really, it, for the cultural aspect that it, it should be uh, something that's seen. So this is that Amazon
0: hope. Prime have bid for. Exactly. The, the so, no,
1: I mean, the, the question is: Are Amazon anticipating that another wave of COVID is COVID is going to be coming, and then all of a sudden people can't be watching uh, the matches in the pub, so that way they can capitalise and getting more uh, Amazon subscriptions. Because it doesn't really seem like your local pub would have Amazon. I don't think they need Prime that much.
0: No, but I suppose some pubs, I mean, if you're allowed to have licenses to broadcast Amazon Prime, some. I mean, maybe that's another thing. Maybe they don't have these public licenses. But if some pubs will definitely get it. it. It just seems like it's a,
1: it's a lot more of a play on, obviously Amazon are trying to get more into the streaming uh, into the streaming market of live sports, and they've done that with uh, the premiership
0: uh, for football. But, There's the intercept there. Go Robbie, <laughs> well,
1: yeah. but looking at um, kind of how they're trying to make a play, the, yeah. To, I mean, obviously they're an enormous company, and um, a and- comic
0: fan. Well, a friend of mine is a conic fan from Connacht. Immediately texted me to say Conic to boo when he scored that try. <laughs> they, they, they won't let it go. They won't let it go. He's from he, They say he's it's from Westmeath. Yeah, he's from Westmeath, which is Leinster, I mean, he's and he's a, on the uh, Leinster side of the Shannon, which some people tried to make decisions. <laughs> and he always oh, spent his whole life wanting to play for Leinster. But sorry, yeah. you know, talking about the Amazon thing, yes. I mean, Rupert Murdoch, when he was asked, how did he take over the world, said, well, you start with live sport. Yeah. So this was... Well, that, that was the thing.
1: He, he's, well, Rupert Murdoch is one of the primary reasons that rugby is professional. And that's because of all the uh, Australian... Super Rugby is the first uh, league that went professional. So... That went to pressure in the 90s, and that was primarily fueled by uh, Murdoch and Sky Sports down south. So.
0: Yeah, and I think as well, so I mean, there, I mean, I don't think anyone doubts that Amazon and Bezos wants world domination, so mm-hmm. going into live sports might be part of that.
1: True, true. I, I think it, it's interesting. There has been a lot more money flowing into rugby in the recent years, and con- considering the constraints that uh, it's operating under now post COVID, it'd be interesting to see kind of what are the pieces that still make it out.
0: Uh, well, I've kind of talked myself into a position there because I'm thinking Amazon are loss leading. They're not kind of loss leading. Any profit he makes, he puts back into the company. So maybe they're not the world's worst sponsor to have for something like rugby.
1: Well, it, it's, it's considering you know, the retail. amount of investment <laughs> funds that are, uh, are investing in the likes of the Six Nations and I think a new, one just, a new company bought over the Pro 14. Um, So you're getting a lot more kind of investment coming into rugby, and they're kind of potentially seeing it as the next uh, next month. The thing Uh, about streaming
0: services like Netflix and Amazon is that uh, when COVID started around March, everybody started buying shares in Amazon and Netflix, because what are people doing? They're at home watching TV. So the share price went through the roof. But now Mm -hmm. it's actually beginning to spiral a little because they can't produce content. so you we definitely know that with Netflix I know oh yeah, well, i mean there's yeah, i mean I wouldn't be Netflix's biggest fan anyway i mean every if you just check the check the Metacritic rating of every movie they stick up it's like less than forty percent in nearly every movie like it's insane
1: it's, it's not to say that the, the twenty twenty version of uh, straight to d v d is Netflix original, so
0: yes, no definitely, but yeah that is the yeah, so that's kind of like the mode uh <laughs> they're used, but anyway uh. So,
1: I think it's Amazon are trying to get into, uh, kind of yeah as, as you said, more into life sport. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, I, there, there has to be some kind of sense money. I'm kind
0: though as well. I mean, on the other side uh, of how interested people would be, and I kind of mean that in terms of the players as well. Like, do you know the way there's that moment in a rugby game when everyone on the pitch seems to weigh up the importance of the game? and suddenly stops playing. You know that, those so sorts of moments.
1: This is the Leo Cullen moment when he, he used to bring on Joey Carberry uh, for Sexton. It's like, oh, the game's over, cool.
0: Oh, no, that's when you're winning. But you know do okay. you know those moments when uh, suddenly the energy leaves and yeah. you realise that these guys have left the pitch? Oh, did you just see that after the Intercept try? Is that what happened there? No, 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 no. <laughs> just, I mean, you see it all the time. I mean, Ireland have uh, done it before. Ireland did it against Italy, of all teams, a few years ago under Kidney. Um, when you start wondering, well, what is the end of the... Like, it's not the end of the world if we lose this game. OK, I might get into a bit of trouble. But really, I'm not bothered. Mm-hmm. So you do wonder how excited the players can get for this. But, you know, they're all posting on Instagram talking about how excited they are to be playing rugby. So if it goes the other way, I mean, they are being paid a lot to play. So maybe, if it goes the other way, maybe it could be exciting. Would you be excited to see Georgia? Well, this, this is the one... On the this is the one
1: question you have, to, you have to answer now. So in this tournament, um. Georgia aren't going to be playing, well, okay, there's potential that they could be playing Italy in the last game. But isn't this what the Six Nations have been trying to avoid for so long? And then luckily in the um, in the World Cup, they were able to actually get it, and that was where they could draw a line under it. So it was, from that sense, this is Georgia's one shot. And if they blow this, they're not ever getting it, the Six Nations, let's say.
0: Well, I think there's always a lot of politics involved insofar as that Italy don't really want to play Georgia that much. Italy sure, don't Georgia weren't supposed to be in this. Yeah. <laughs> they were They're in the last yeah. edition. Well, I mean, and th- then uh, there's, all, there's this kind of people are kind of conspire with Italy to keep Italy in the Six Nations and to kind of stroke their ego because I suppose the market is bigger or whatever. The money is a bit and better. As
1: you said, Rome is a better away weekend than uh, to be season.
0: Yeah, and and uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, people enjoy maybe that weekend away, and maybe you don't want to face these forwards in Georgia because they're just yeah. difficult to deal with. Even though you'll win the game, it might, it might change the odds against you for future games, depending on how mm. you go. Def- yeah, there's a bit of that, I'm sure. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not surprised that the setup is such that Italy are kind of insulated, and it's not been set up as, well, here's Georgia's chance to take on Italy. I think they, they work very hard to ensure that that chance never happens. But there's never yeah. a moment like that. But incidentally, Georgia would be interested in having a shot at Wales after the last time they did Well, maybe it wasn't the last time they would Say so the last time was the World Cup, I think. But the time yeah. before that, do you remember when they had the uncontested scrum and everything because Gatlin said, "Oh, your man's injured." Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, there's, but, uh, there's I a grudge match there. They were grudge match against us. Remember, they nearly beat us in 2007.
1: But they have, they have, uh, there's a few matches that will throw up interesting uh, kind of interactions in that tournament as well. So even um, Fiji versus Wales during the World Cup is quite a close one as well. So um there are there are going to be some I mean Fiji are always entertaining to watch. But I think uh, it, it will provide a few interesting matchups.
0: And it was what we were saying at the start, it does it is beating the same drum, but I, that, you know we don't it's, really it's know how it's going to work out. Though.
1: It's, it's a mean, glorified member of series. So
0: yeah, yeah, but no sorry I'm just talking more generally that uh, maybe England, Ireland, Scotland are in the same sort of kind of travelish area. But we don't know what COVID is going to be like in Georgia. Maybe they won't be able to come. Fiji as well. I mean, the reason uh, well, Georgia's coming is because Japan... Fiji, but yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, but the reason uh, Georgia are in is because Japan just said, oh, no, we're not going to do that. We were going to do it, but the risk of COVID is too high. So you don't really... I mean, I'm saying that because I think we said it last week as well, is that there are lots of sparkly balls. Like, so you've got lots of... Mm-hmm attempts to say, oh, this is what we're going to do, so it's going to be this amazing tournament, and it's going to be uh, on time, and, like, here's the sponsorship, it's going to be amazing.
1: Um, it's the assumption that
0: everything's going to be right as rain by the time November. You yeah, you can't exist any other way, or you'd go mad, I guess.
1: Hmm. But I think it's going to be interesting, I think the reason why, obviously, is significantly closer in Japan, but I think a lot of the uh, uh, Georgian players do actually play within teams within either Italy, uh, France, England, uh, or... The, the rest of the Pro 14. So I think that that will facilitate kind of a reduced quarantine time uh, should they have to go to any other country. So I think from that perspective, I, I, are we guaranteed that we'll be playing matches in Tbilisi or would there be a chance that they'd actually just adopt somewhere else as their home ground? Oh, uh, hold
0: on, hold on. You've taken this in, the com- in a surprising direction. I just assumed all oh, this would be happening like in London or something. Or oh, are we going to be travelling to Georgia and stuff?
1: Well, th- this is the thing. So there's only. There's only three um, stadiums that are actually listed at the moment. All the other stadiums are T V C. So you have the Viva Stadium, you have Twickenham, and you have Murrayfield. So South France isn't going to be potentially a thing. I know the Millennium stadium is being used as an emergency hospital uh, or kind of emergency facility during uh, COVID. So... It, it, it. There are three stadiums that we're going to try to figure out where we're going to play all these games. So
0: yeah, and then
1: to numbers of how many people can be within the stadium, how many people can be within any given bubble. So we'll see how we go.
0: Yeah, I suppose there's a chance that they've just released this and they haven't really done their uh, due diligence I mean, to see if it's possible. I mean, that it is might absolutely move.
1: true and could well be the case considering how the uh, how the World Cup
0: went and any kind of disaster plans. So. Well, you have a you have a particular resentment of the World Cup because yes. of... The hurricane's hit they hadn't planned for a hurricane, anything, and Absolutely. they were there. Yeah. The, I think most, a lot of people think that when you certainly, well, I suppose, i expect to say a lot of people would think that rugby is better organised than football, but football, I suppose, has gone on go <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so money does reduce disruption, it's true. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, let's, uh, predictions for the weekend. Do you think Lancer will beat Saracens, obviously?
1: I think Leinster's beating Saracens by 10 points. Uh I'd say Claremont, uh, Claremont by two, I'd say it is gonna be tight, but uh Claremont by two purely because it's at home and um, yeah, I I don't think um, although Finn and Russell had a great game at the weekend, I don't think Rossing are going to be able to pull yeah. it out of the bag. Uh, I think Toulouse are uh, Toulouse are gonna beat Ulster at home. Uh, and then Exeter keep it keep the train going, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I think I generally agree. What I'd say though is uh with no evidence that Claremont are particularly strong this year, and no evidence that Racing are particularly bad this year, and Claremont traditionally having an up and down form, and they, should, they never lose at home, but home advantage being less and the spread only being minus three, I don't think. I think I would be unsurprised for Racing to win that, and would probably bet on Racing. Um, and then Leinster Saracens, I think, will be very close. I think you're right. I think you, were, game, if you
1: were about to go Saracens there. Out yeah.
0: No, I think no. I think one team will win by 10 or even 15 points. I think at the start I was saying uh, I thought it would be close. But no, I do think one team will run away with it at the end. I think yeah. they're going to give everything they've got for 60 minutes. And then I, could,
1: I, could, I think if it gets to the point where Leinster are up by even five points at the 60-minute mark, I think Saris players throw it in. I mean, yes, they're all going to be conditioned from Eddie Jones' perspective, but they've also all been off for six months. Uh, and they're going to be absolutely shattered from... Um, even though that they're not going to be trying too hard in the premiership, they're still winning some games. So they're going to be, from pride, they're not going to let that just slip by.
0: Well, I mean, didn't they just put out a, a squad of teenagers there at the weekend? Though They're actually properly protecting their players.
1: Yeah. I think, but that was but, which is end what end you're saying.
0: is that the, On the other side of that, is they have no match practice. I mean, that's what you're saying as yeah. well. Yeah. I think, OK, we might wrap it up there because uh, yeah. I think Lancer are about to win this final. <laughs> so it's celebrate. It's well 25. Well. It looks like put they might on. score another try.
1: <laughs> okay, so we'll Pretty check back in. Then.
0: We'll check back in when we know who are in, uh, who's progressing in Europe, and maybe might know a bit more about the new Six Nations. Yeah, okay. talk soon. See you guys. John Barkley comes up to receive the trophy. This for the scarlet fans is simply great to watch. They were outplayed in the first half by a teacher's side that picked and went. The 1872 cup back in Edinburgh hands. They've beaten Glasgow. The first team in 17 attempts to come to Dublin and get a win. How good is that for you? Oh, it's great.
1: All I'm getting at the moment, a player's shouting, knock on, offside, tackle out the ball. We're in the wrong sport for that. The Zevo Special gets it wide to Earls and Earls from here
0: means only one thing. Best stadium I've ever played in, the best atmosphere, the, the best supporters. Hopefully one day I'll be back. should, of course, apologize to any Munster fans listening. Uh, they'll
1: have something to say about where the Leinster are going to be in the final. if the starlet's come again. Oh, brilliant offloading
0: Friday with a stroll in under the sticks. Oh, look, it's it's been a roller coaster I'm here all my life. 47-10, Jesus. I thought I was in dreamland when we won the Pro 12. Phenomenal, phenomenal.